You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Matthew, who is uh, stepping in for Lawson this morning. It is 8.04 a.m. And it's come time for our next quiz question, please. Matthew, take it away. Okay, it's question number four, and it is, what did the patriarch Isaac forbid his son Jacob to do with a Canaanite woman? I'll read that again. What did the patriarch Isaac forbid his son Jacob to do with a Canaanite woman? Okay, text us in your answer on 0491064669 and you'll go in the draw that happens tomorrow at quarter to nine, so that is on Friday, to win either the New King James Version Bible and we also then have this second book, which is Satan's Trojan Horse and God's End Time Victory. Um, and two great books that you would love to have, want to have in your home that will make you dig deeper into God's word and really understand, you know, the, the woes or the ways of the devil, what Satan tries to do, but the beautiful things of God and how he fights for us too and how he wins the victories. You know, you know, Danuta, you just said something really cool, you know, to dig deeper and the Bible, they say it's like a bottom, bottomless treasure chest. You just keep digging and keep digging. Do you find that? Because I do. Yes, all the time. I love that. But, yeah. you know, it is a treasure chest. But here's the thing. With treasure chests, they t- actually have a base to them do- too, don't they? Yes. Like you kind of dig, 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 and you come to the bottom, you go like, oh, I haven't found it here, so I'll go here, dig, dig, dig. But here's the thing with God's Word. You do, you keep digging. Because, like, do you ever have this, like I've had it many times and still have it, that you read a passage and you kind of go <clears> – <throat> You don't do that. But you kind of go, um, look, you know, I've read that before, but suddenly something jumps out at you. It's like the Holy Spirit impresses you on something. And you kind of go, I want to go and find out more on that. So you read around it. You read in the Bible, you know, the chapters or the verses relating to it in different ways. But then you also dig deeper into other commentaries or what other people preach about with that or other, what, what, what other areas do you go to? Well, one area I'm thinking about going to now is when on Monday we had Calvin come in, was it? And he talked about uh, Elisha and those seven spiritual breasts. See, these are these are angles that you know, I've never really perceived. Wasn't before. that fantastic? And even about the sneezing. Oh, poof, yeah, it's just mind blowing <laughs> stuff. So Calvin does some fantastic, weird and yeah. wacky stuff on here. If you didn't hear his interview, go into our podcast and look up. Um, yeah, look up in the the interview time because we then expanded it then further into our Bible study time because it fitted really so. So well, so Elisha and the Shunammite woman, how her little boy had actually uh, died and how, you know, Elisha breathed the breath of life into him as well. And the boy sneezed seven, and seven, times. seven times, of course, you know, and in the Bible, seven indicates completion, perfection, you know, with that too. But in the, there's just so much more that Kelvin unpacked and we actually ran almost short of time. Yeah. So we just kept expanding and expanding yeah. more time for him, didn't we? Which was just fantastic stuff. And how good was that interview just right then with Rod Bailey oh. from Agriculture on Agriculture on Sustainable? sustainability of our gardens now here's the thing you know he was just saying um you know get the why as in understand set yourself some goals and actually ask yourself why do i want to do have a garden why do i do gardening what's the purpose of it and then set that goal and aim for it and the way then to actually set that goal so as in you know remind yourself of the why so you know set small goals that are achievable um you know keep keep your garden neat is it is it about weeding is it about being consistent with the harvest is it about um you know the way you you water and having to change the watering and things like that but he said here's the key 
Be consistent, even if it's small what you do, to actually get a small harvest. Because a lot of people get discouraged when they don't actually have a harvest and they just like give up. Like, you know, they just give up. So here, here's the thing, what have I got in my garden at the moment? Or it's just some of the things that I've got in the garden at the moment. Eggplant. I actually, so the, yes, there's the eggplant. That's right. You were listening. So the eggplant is from the plant from last year that I actually cut the eggplants off, you know, cut it back, but just didn't have time to pull it out sort of thing. And it's just, it's just regrown this beautiful eggplant and it's got some more smaller ones coming up as well. But then next to it, I've got a pineapple plant that was given to me by a 94 year old lady who was from my church that I was pastoring at last year. She said with pineapples, and she grows stacks of them, right? She's just got them everywhere. And you just basically take the top of the pineapple. So these days, you know, a lot of the shops don't have the tops there anymore, right? right. So here's the key. You find them in places like Boost Juice that put them aside sometimes if they've done a lot of juicing of pineapple. I saw some sometimes in the bucket, you know, you you can just take them for free kind of thing. Um, Or get them from somebody else. You plant that into the soil and it takes about a year and a half to two years before you get your first crop. So I'm looking at that with all anticipation and watering it with anticipation because I'm coming to the one and a half year mark. It's coming around. <laughs> I'm just like, so when's this pineapple part going to have a pineapple for me? And of course, the beautiful thing is when you get really sweet and beautiful pineapples, they are just amazing. Oh. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And also a few weeks ago, I actually trimmed back our crazy crazy, crazy blackberry bush um, and trimmed it right back and then just, you know, hooked it up, you know, onto the wiring and stuff. And now, just this week, it's got beautiful crops so that the blackberries are just starting to colour now and oh, um, this wow. beautiful crop coming through because we've trimmed it back, we've cleared it right. I'm just hoping that the dogs won't get jealous like they did last <laughs> year because I came back one day from work and the whole bush was just mangled, like literally mangled. I think they'd gotten jealous that I was picking the off attention. the blackberries and not giving them any. So, yeah, tell us, tell us what are you growing at the moment in your garden? You know, have you got blackberries? Have you got eggplants? Have you got tomatoes? Have you got lettuce? Um, what kind of things are you growing? What kind of things do you do that actually sustain your garden? Here's some of the tips that... Rod gave, he says, small attentions often. often. The second one was a go a few times a week rather than one big chunk at the end of the week. He also said plant small amounts often. So, for example, with lettuce, do it, you know, once a fortnight or something like that or a few days apart so that they're actually growing at different stages. Um, and also do variety and have new ideas so that you can keep things interesting. So what are you doing? Text us in on 0491 Tell us, what are you? doing um, in the garden? If you're not doing a garden, what would you like to put into your garden so you can start setting some goals? What are some of the favourite fruits or veggies that you like to grow? Maybe you like to even grow flowers. Tell us about that. What kind of flowers do you grow? At the moment I have gerbers that have been going for several months and I made sure, every time when it's a hot day, I make sure particularly not to wait for a few days apart like I do other times, but to actually go out and water them before they start drooping. So I've got these beautiful gerbers that I'm harvesting regularly, like virtually every week, at least five or six beautiful, really big gerberas. So, yeah. Do you have a garden? We we have a garden. It's more vegetable connected. Um, my wife, Diane, she's growing flowers at the front of her, of our house. 
there's these kind of strange sort of tall stalk looking plants with a red kind of tulip tip that after a period of time when it's fully grown, it gets too top heavy. Oh. And it starts to bow, bow over mm-hmm. and it almost looks alien like when it does that. Oh, it. true. <laughs> and you don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Okay, um, we need to ask her and find out next time you're back in and let us know. I do. But the tip you gave um, earlier, which is from Rod, Rod uh, to grow small things often, it's so true because we've been trying to grow strawberries and tomatoes like with big yields. Ah, oh, okay. It's so scarce in result, but I think I'm going to try this new approach to do do a small crop instead of this large uh, area and having these big expectations. Absolutely. And the other thing is, um, and my mother taught me this years and years ago, so when we were young, young, but also Rod's actually spoken about this before on our show, that changing your soil, you know, putting the nutrients into your soil because, of course, when the plants grow <clears throat> excuse me, in the soil, they tend to deplete the soil of its nutrients. And so if we replant, for instance, tomatoes in the same place where tomatoes were before, um, they say to change over what kind of fruit or veggie you're actually planting in that place, but also to, excuse me, to also put nutrients in regularly into into the soil. So, yeah, I was interested that last, you know, a couple of uh, interviews back he said to put in molasses and it's actually really good for the soil. So that's one thing that I've just been reminded of today, even though he didn't mention it. My, when he said try a variety of things and try new ideas, I was like, oh, I need to try the molasses. I think I need to get the molasses happening into our soil. I guess it's like a relationship, isn't it? You got you can't do anything stagnant or routine. You've got to change it up and have a bit of variety. To make oh, it yes. Yeah, you know, you don't want it to stagnate. You know, what do they say? If we don't have variety and new ideas and things like that, we fossilise in different ways, don't we? we do, so we, do. we don't want that happening um, in any kind of way. So, yeah, let us know. What are you trying in your gardens? What would you like to try? Um, maybe you've never tried gardening, but how have you been inspired from today? You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491 064 and it has come time for us to go into our Bible study time. And this week we are looking at mission to our neighbor, to my neighbor. And of course, the last couple of days or so, we've been unpacking a passage from Luke chapter 10, where the lawyer comes to Jesus and he says to him, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus actually points him to the scriptures. And he actually says to him in chapter two of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 26, what is written in in the law, what is your reading of it? And he answers, you know, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says to him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. So here he's saying, yes, you know, you've got the knowledge of the Bible, but Jesus actually reverses back to him and he actually says, yeah, you might have the knowledge and things, but it's about actually application Mm -hmm. and about living that life. Practically. Practically. Absolutely. So, you know, and, and expressing what is on the inner side and not, and doing it genuinely because people can tell when it's genuine or not. And here's the thing, you know, so he then says about, and I've kept the commandments and everything. And we're going to actually go to Matthew chapter 22 because it actually seems, um, is a similar sort of thing. So Jesus knows the intentions of the man, but here it says Jesus um, also says made it clear that everyday expression of true belief, belief actually hangs upon these 
two commandments. So love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. Now, so let's actually have, um, do you mind reading for us Matthew 22, verse 37 to verse 40? Love to. And it says this in verse 37, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And verse 39, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. For on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Interesting, isn't it? Like, so once again, so this is Matthew writing this time, but Jesus actually says to him, uh, that these are the two commandments that hang on the law and the prophets. Okay, and so as we were saying yesterday, the law, you know, so the Torah, particularly the first, the first five books of the Bible, so we've got Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and everything beyond that is considered as the prophets, okay? And so here's the thing that um, that Jesus says, these two commandments hang on the law and the prophets. Now, my question to us today is, are there only two commandments overall? There is, like I can answer for you, every, the nation of Australia. In basic principle, there is, but you can get an insight of an expanded view on those two basic fundamentals. Love it. So this is the summary, the summary. of the Ten Commandments because the first four commandments actually are um, for, for God, mm-hmm. you know, have to love towards God. And then, of course, the last six, six. commandments actually relate to... To humanity, in other words, to our neighbor. Yeah. Now, here's the thing that also what was interesting in in the Jewish for the Jews at the time of Jesus, um, their neighbor they considered as somebody that was actually a Jew as well. They didn't want to associate with Gentiles. So this was a real stretch. So Jesus, you know, when we know when Jesus came, of course, so many things that he did and said were radical for the Jews, yeah. especially for the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees were always trying to catch him out, weren't they? Yeah, but. I've got a thought on that, you know, just to, to answer that, is they were going by the law militantly, but they didn't go by the spirit of the law. Oh, love it. So there wasn't that heart change that no we're talking change. about here, that mm-hmm. Jesus is, is saying to to live by that. In fact, before we go back to Deuteronomy, where that comes from, that I'm just thinking it probably goes really well with, let's go to Galatians 5, okay. Galatians 5 and verse 14, because that actually... Um, uh, hinges on that really beautifully of what you just just actually said. So we're going to uh, Galatians 5 and verse 14. So Paul, of course, was a per- persecutor of um, uh, of the Jews, and then of course he was who was Saul, who became Paul, and he became the greatest um, church planter, the greatest converter that God used. Um, you know th- that is is recorded throughout the God- uh, New Testament. He's written so many books, and here he actually writes to the Galatians, to the people of Galatians. So we're reading from Galatians five verse fourteen, please, Matthew. And it says, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so in other words, what he's saying here is that love fulfills the law. Yes, it does. The whole basis is love. Love fulfills the law, and that's why God said, Jesus says to him, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind." And 
and your neighbor as yourself because of course God's word tells us particularly in, in you know in so many places but in in first John it we read that God is love that is the character of God completely absolutely and it's not any ordinary type of love like the world expresses but it's a specific type of love because the world uh, defines love and confuses it with lust it's a selfless uh, selfish kind of love but God's love is selfless love what you're saying there with that and here's the thing is let's also go to first John 4. Um, actually, if you don't mind finding Micah 6, verse 6 to 8, and I'm also then going to look at First uh, John 4. First John 4, and I'm going to read verse 20 and 21, and it says here, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For who, he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. And so here's, um, here's the thing that, you know, it's not just about loving God. It's about vertical relationship as well as the horizontal relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, God wants us to have his heart in order to love others. And we can only do that by first identifying how has he loved, how has he loved us mm. to feel what kind of value is placed upon us. And we learn that an eternal son of God has laid down his eternal life and he's given us eternal value. And then we're able to look at everyone else that same way. Absolutely. And this is love that, that, you know, Jesus laid down his life. That's why John three sixteen and 17 are the most well-known Bible passages in the Bible that say, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Beautiful. For he sent his son not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be, might be saved. Amen. And here's the thing. The devil actually wants each one of us to think, I'm not able to be saved because my sins are so bad. I have been, I'm guilty of this, 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 and this. And you know, and it keeps on coming back into our thoughts and Satan keeps raising that because he wants us to be lost. But no, that's why we were told in God's word that Jesus came not to condemn us but to save us. In other words, he says, come to us. I love you no matter what you have done. That's why we have the stories of Moses who was a murderer. Yes. That yeah. Jesus called up and raised up to be a leader to take the Israelites, you know, out of Egypt and into, into the promised land. That's why we have the stories of the prostitutes in the lineage of Jesus. You know, I call it the lineage of grace. We've got Rah- Rahab. Rahab. We've actually got... um Tamar, oh, Tamar. Sure. We've got Bathsheba, who was the um, who was the one that that David slept with. You know, Uriah's wife, um, and of course, Mary you know, Magdalene. Mary Magdalene. You know, there's so many others, and so so there. None of us need to be lost. You know, Doug Batchelor made a beautiful metaphor. He said that when you're sick, do you, you know, wait to get better before you go to the doctor, or you come as you are? Yes. Yeah, come as we, come as we are, because Jesus has got the cure for our for our uh, for our disease, which is sin. Absolutely, you know. And so, come as you are. You know, Matthew eleven. It says there, come as you are. You know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come and find rest. You know, in me. And that's a really important thing. And so, this this thing coming back to it, we can only when we really. Um, 
accept the fact that God loves us as we are and that by coming to him, you know, some people say, I can't come to Jesus or I can't start attending church. I've got this, this, this. I've got to stop doing this, 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 and this, you know, sleeping around or, you know, you know, whatever it is. You know, I can't come. I've got to let go of these. The thing is that in and of ourselves, we cannot let go of those things. Only Jesus Christ. So that's why he says, come as you are. And when we surrender ourselves to him, it's by his power, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the embedding of that, by Jesus coming into our lives. That is the only way that we can overcome those things that are holding us back from from um, salvation and, and it's the only way and that's why then our response is to him because he loves us because we are know, know we are saved through him it's not works based it is all by coming to him as we are and we can be saved because of what Jesus has done for us you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different Matthew, it's come time for us to do our last quiz question, please. Okay, our last question is, where do we first learn that evening is the first part of the day? Mm. Say it again with that last quiz question. Where do we first learn that evening is the first part of the day? Mm-hmm. Text us in your answer on 0491-064-669 and you'll go into the draw for the New King James Version Bible, a beautiful white creamy kind of colored bible that has got gold writing on it and has beautiful uh, bible study sections in it written by uh, john bradshaw who features on the it is written programs which are fantastic bible programs and presentations straight from god's word and the second book is Satan's Trojan Horse, God's End Time Victory. And, of course, looking even... It's interesting how the world has changed so much since 2011, hey? Incredibly, incredibly, especially in terms of culture, social views, uh, political upheaval, and environmental disasters on the increase. Everything is impacting society. Yeah, yeah. And so it's actually looking at some of the things um, uh, on, on prophecies in the last days and what's happening, of course, with the changes that we do see happening a lot around us in every kind of way. So those two books are the New King James Version Bible and Satan's Trojan Horse, God's End Time Victory. Okay, we have a text um, that we're, we're going to be reading some text in our next segment after our next song. So we're going to continue our Bible study time here, loving others as we love ourselves. And here the interesting thing is, of course, we've been reading from Matthew 22. Jesus said to the lawyer who came to him. Um, and also what's interesting here in Matthew, Matthew actually writes that the Pharisees heard what he said in silence, the Sadducees, and they gathered together as well to hear what Jesus would be saying. They were always trying to catch him out. Yeah. And of course, you know, the Sadducees, uh, Pharisees taught in synagogues. They were middle-class kind of people. Um, and the Sadducees were more, were more the wealthy and the upper-class kind of people. They worked into the temples. But the interesting thing is that they were trying to catch Jesus out, you know. But Jesus says, you know, there's the first commandment, love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the first great command. And the second one is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these hang all the law and the prophets. Now, here's what's interesting. I just want to touch on this really briefly too. I'm just going to keep coming back to the love thing. Um, here's an interesting thing too that so many people say, well, now in the New Testament, we've only got two commandments, mm. right? We, you know, part of the commandments of the other ones are actually done away with, you know, God gave, you know, Moses the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, that that was for the Israelites, that that was for the Jews. 
But here's the thing. The Ten Commandments were being kept way before that. That was all part of even obedience and everything was all part of actually you know, with it, even with back right to the garden, you know, at the start of the, of God's word. And here's the thing that, you know, when you look at this passage from Matthew, it actually stems really from where it's also spoken of in Deuteronomy 5. Now we see in Exodus 20, the 10 commandments are specifically given, but then the Decalogue is rep- repeated basically in, in Deuteronomy 5. But here's the thing. Moses is actually saying to them in the chapter four, we read in Deuteronomy four that Moses commands obedience to the Israelites, right? He says here, be careful um, to observe them for this is your wisdom and your understanding. Surely this is great nation is wise and understanding people. Um, so, and he, and he goes on of what, what God has actually said to him to convey. And then also he goes on to say, say um, did, did God ever try to go and take for himself a nation from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war, by a mighty hand, an outstretched hand by terrors, according to all the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? To you it was shown, I'm reading from um, Deuteronomy 4, verse 35 now, to you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God, there is none other besides him. Now, that's the thing. Here's the true God that gave the Ten Commandments, wrote it on two tablets of stone. And so he's actually saying, Moses is actually saying to them, follow God's ways. Don't you realize that he took you out? And that's why in, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the Ten Commandments are reviewed by Moses once again to the Israelites. But here's the interesting thing. He actually says, the Lord our God was a covenant with us, made a covenant with us in Horeb. So that's where he actually gave the Ten Commandments. The Lord did not make this covenant with our fathers, but with us. Directly. And that's the same. It applies to us mm. today. Those who are here today, all of us who are alive. So the same words apply to us today. And so it, and, and, and here's, here, here's the thing. He goes through the Ten Commandments and then he also says, and remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. You were bought out. He redeemed you. In other words, he bought you at a price. He actually, he, um, you know, redeemed you as in Christ redeemed us on the cross. That's why it applies to us as well. And here in this case, he's saying to him, don't you remember that God redeemed you? He pulled you out of the darkness and into the light. He pulled you out of Egypt into the promised land. Why, you know, but obey him. Don't you realize that he did that because he loves you? Amen, amen. And, you know, they're a great demonstration of the human condition. They come, you know, out of a place of Egypt where they've learned all the customs and laws and rituals of Egypt that they've totally forgotten the they've ways of forgotten, God. They've forgotten, yeah. And he restores all that. And there's moments where they want to go back to Egypt. And we do that as people. We want to follow God, follow God. And there's times we get swayed and go back to the slavery that God you know, draws us out of. He wants us to be free. He doesn't, doesn't want us to lean on our own coping mechanisms of guilt and um, dealing with our own stress that makes us go through that vicious cycle where Satan's promises are actually curses. Yeah, and, and so I love what you're saying. He wants to keep on taking us out of that slavery, out of bondage to sin, mm. you know, and, and he says, come to me as you are. And he, so here's the thing, you know, yeah, Moses was saying to them, don't, don't forget. Don't forget. 
that God redeemed you, that he's pulled you out, you know, and he's taking you to the promised land. And for us, here's the thing, the promised land, we're on the brink of the promised land. Jesus is coming soon, the true promised land, that one where we will have everlasting life. We are right on the brink of that because prophecies point to that and God's word says, you know, that, you know, here are the patients of the saints, here are those who are faithful, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony or the faith of Jesus. You know, in Revelation we read that. So can you read for us also Micah chapter 6? And we're actually particularly just going to look at verse 8 because um, God pleads here again with Israel. Micah actually writes of how God pleads with Israel as he's pleading for each one of us to come to him. Gladly. And it says here, verse 6, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams? Ten thousand rivers of oil. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man and woman, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Mm, beautiful words that it finishes off with there, doesn't it, as well, that he says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. What what does the Lord require of you to do, to do justly? Love mercy. In other words, God has shown us grace. He continues to show us mercy and grace. You know, so show it then to others. And when we love others, when we don't judge them, when we take them as they are and we walk alongside them, when people are going through hard moments or really struggling to give up, you know, in the, in the space of what, what their sin is, what's dragging them down, whether it's like, you know, really drinking heavily, whether it's actually sleeping around, what Whatever that is, whether it's actually going into, you know, whatever those addictions may be or, or whatever hatred people may have and not, not forgiving one another, God says to us, love them, love them, love them because I love you yeah. and show them love. Don't be judgmental. Yeah. Love them anyway. Walk alongside of them. And so we want to encourage you today, love others as God loves you. Give Jesus a go today. Let him into your life. Don't keep pushing him away. Keep coming to Jesus because he wants you to come as you are. And on that too, he wants you to love others just like he loves you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It's come time for us to give our answers to our quiz questions. We've had lots of answers coming through today, and we've got a few texts that we'll actually read as well. The first question was, Jesus compares himself to a mother hen. Was it true or false? The answer was true. That is found in Matthew 23, 37 to 39, where Jesus lamenting over Jerusalem, and he actually says, How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen, gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. So just, you know, interesting stuff there. You know, again, that comes back to us saying, you know, give Jesus a go. See, Jesus wants to gather us under his wings. In other words, what do we think of with wings? It's about protecting us. It's about being there for us. It's about comforting us. There's a whole lot of things that come in with that picture. But he says, and you are not willing. We want to say to you today, don't be one of those that's not willing. Be one of those that is willing to come to Jesus and he will, he will cover you with his wings. <clears throat> Absolutely. Because in, in learning to, to love the Lord, like how he, 
he, he, he will want you to learn about his love, you'll learn how to love yourself in that process. That's right, you know, and that loving yourself is about being valued, finding your self-worth, find, finding that, that um, self-esteem self-care. and self-care for yourself that in a way that's not selfish because Jesus' way is about loving others, you know, being other-centered. Okay, our next one, the word for the blanks was no temptation has, the, the, the root word was tempt, so no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind and God is f- faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. So the root word was tempt. To which of the king's son did he say, the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought? The answer was Solomon. The fourth one, what did the patriarch Isaac forbid his son Jacob to do with with Canaanite women? The answer was to marry. He said, do not marry Canaanite women because, of course, the Canaanites would actually follow idols and engaged in all of the things that were not godly ways. So he actually encouraged him, his son Jacob, to go and um, marry one of the daughters of Laban. And, of course... You were going to say something there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to give an example of um, marrying the Canaanite women. It's similar to Solomon. You know, he ended up intermarrying into other wives of pagan nations, and he meant well. He was trying to share the light of Israel to them, but unfortunately, their darkness outshined his light. Yeah, and so for us, God encourages us to marry people of a like mind. So I love what you said there right there, Matthew. The last one, where do we first learn that evening is the first part of the day? The answer is creation So, or in Genesis. So, yeah, creation week is covered in Genesis 1 and 2. So, yes, in Genesis as well. Um, of course, it says that in the evening and the morning were the first day and the evening and the morning were the second day. And so really, biblically speaking, a new day starts from sunset to sunset. So when we celebrate, I always say, you know, when it's New Year's, it is not at midnight. The fireworks go off at midnight, but it's actually from sunset Sunset. to um, sunset for the next day. And that testifies of a God of light, not the God of darkness. Yes, yeah, love that. Hey, okay, Jennifer messaged in. We were talking earlier about Walter Vyth, who, um, you know, knows a lot about Freemasonry because his dad was into Freemasonry and also Walter himself was very much into um, evolution, but he's now a Christian himself, and so Jennifer responded with love, uh, Vyth, as in Walter Vyth. Um, and here we also were talking about gardening. Christopher writes in, my most precious plant at the moment is a gerbera. Our eldest daughter loved them. The first flower is currently flowering flowering and looks beautiful if Bianca was still here she'd be able to see it from where she sat on the deck on the back decking it brings a little smile to my broken heart Christopher thanks for sharing that and look our heart goes out to you and your family on the loss of your daughter some time ago um, obviously and um, that pain never goes but be encouraged that Jesus says there is coming a time Revelation um, 20 verse 4 says there will be no more tears no more sorrowing, sorrow no more crying or pain that is a beautiful time to look forward the time of hope when Jesus will come soon we'll be reunited with our loved ones, those who have passed away, believing in Jesus. And the beautiful thing is that time is coming soon. So thanks for sharing, Christopher. And um, yeah, that the gerbera there is beautiful and reminds you of her in every way. If you're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Matthew, and we've come to the end of our show yet again all too quickly. Thank you so much, Matthew, for being in today. My pleasure. 
We hope your ankle gets a whole lot better. Me too. I've always people are going to tell me to hop on when it comes to the bus and what have you. <laughs> <laughs> so keep looking after yourself at all. And we've been talking about love today in every way and the importance of love and how much Jesus loves us and how he wants each one of us to be saved. But also we've been talking a bit about, you know, um, yeah, plants and gardening and sustainability. And we want to be sustained in Jesus as well. That's the key thing. We want to leave you with a text from Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves you. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.